here, Friday, happy release day, uh, welcome to Through the Door podcast. Um, this one was a particular pleasure for me to make because, um, and Warren, uh, because uh, we are genuine massive fans of uh, Adam Betts, who is, if you haven't heard of Adam, go and do your research because this guy is amazing, he's without doubt the best drummer that I have ever seen or even heard um he plays in his own band which is um well it's kind of like his own solo project which is colossal squid he's the drummer for three trap tigers uh he's a session drum a session drummer for goldie um for uh square pushes show the leader um session drummer for uh, job is cockers job is um yeah and he is just uh class he's just a really good good guy and i genuinely really love making this one i I love making them all but in particular i love making this one um just have at it see you in a bit it's a bit quiet you might want to put that mic in yeah hang on let me let me it's a bit which one is it? That's um, miles better, whatever you're doing right there. Yo, yo, well, just chucking it right on my mouth. But that's yeah. it, that's the money. There we go. There we go. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, awesome. That's it, that's it. Yeah, so yeah. what's going on? Yeah, good. Um, I am... Christ, there's nothing much wild to report being a musician in lockdown, but it's uh, <laughs> it's it's actually, you know, it's been good. It's, it's not, you know, I've definitely had it... Um, uh, pretty good considering i'm a musician in lockdown it's been all right yeah. but yeah mm. i'm just um just uh mucking about today it's not a bad day at all yeah Wicked. yeah yeah well, welcome to the podcast mate thank you yeah, so much for, for taking a bit of time out um, yeah awesome lovely lovely to yeah. have you on, Adam. i mean I, I i love making these podcasts anyway just because i'm a bit of a nerd and i love talking to people and you know different we've had all kinds of different people on from mastering engineers to like mm. session musicians and, and all that kind of stuff mm. uh but i have to say this is a special one for me because i am going to fanboy out on you a little bit i, I yeah man <laughs> so do you, do you do you, yeah. Do you know or have known of a drummer called Chris Penny? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, Dillinger. Yeah, 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 right. So yeah. I used to just be like fascinated with Chris Penny, um, mm. particularly around the Calculating Infinity time. Yeah, you know, when, cause he, he left, I think, shortly after that anyway, or maybe mm. they did Maybe they did one more album. And I used to drag people to the shows and stuff. I'm like, you've got to see this fucking drummer. He's just mm. intense, you know, like... And, and then... Um, it, I think it was Warren, actually. I think you was the one who was like, I think you need to check out Three Trap Tigers. And we yeah. came down to a show. Was it at, um, maybe no, it was, Lexington or somewhere like that? No, nah, it was um, the one in Shoreditch, wasn't it? Uh, uh, Village oh, Underground. Village Underground. Yeah, one of them. Yeah. Mm. And uh, I was just, I, yeah, I was just like, fuck. How, <laughs> what the fuck is going on yeah, with this I guy's know, drumming man. abilities? Yeah. Because you're oh. the only person I've listened to that left in my opinion, even Chris Penny standing. I was just mm. like, what on earth is fucking going on? Yeah, man. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I got introduced so to Free awesome. Trap Tigers because of, um, uh, whose brother is it? Rodinio's brother is in True Trap Tigers, right? Mm. Yeah, so, of course. So, so I, made, I, well, I, was, I did some stuff with him and Riz MC, so Riz Ahmed, yeah, for that yeah, microscope yeah. project years ago. Oh, and then, obviously, I met, I met his brother and then Free Trap Tigers. So, yeah, dude. Amazing. Like, was that project <laughs> the kind of huge live 
Yeah, I was in it. Theatre <laughs> yeah. madness. Yeah. Immer- immersive live theatre thing that we did at Fabric and Latitude and that. I, I played guitar in it and then I basically had an audition in Riz, Riz Ahmed's flat and he was right. like, I went as a guitarist. I didn't even play my guitar. He just said, <laughs> are you comfortable acting? I was like, um, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Like, and he sort of gave me some lines and some like moves to do. And I was like, <laughs> it was, basically, you're going to be on a podium at Glastonbury Festival. What? So, I mean, I, I can trust you can play podium. the tunes. Yeah, man. Did you not come to any of them? Uh, do, you know, do you remember when you met me at Glastonbury on the oh, day yeah. and you was like, come down, we'll yeah. do the backstage thing. And I was fucking... You, you basically like was eating, eating your ear, I think, through your face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At like, that point, yeah, yeah. Mate, I'll be there. No worries. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, didn't make sick, it though. Didn't yeah, not it's good. Make it. But yeah, yeah, he's he's lovely, isn't he, Aradino? Anyway, man. So like, yeah, he's uh, great. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's a good lad. He's Made good some cool lad. shit. It was great. Good stuff. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, man. I remember like being introduced to you guys and was like, yeah, dude, like gotta check it out because at the time like we were sort of fanboying over like foals and sort of a lot of like yeah, art math uh, Jack, stuff Jack Bevan Jack Bevan mm. Mm. is it Jack Bevan isn't it yeah. Um, yeah 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 that was like probably around 2009 mm. so I don't think you guys came probably came on my radar until about 2012 maybe 11 mm-hmm. something like that mm. um, and uh, you know I mean there's lots of there's lots of drummers but what I find really interesting about what you seem to be able to do is find I mean, you relative. You can look at a drum kit and think you're relatively restricted or, or limited into what you can do in terms of adding your own personal flair, spin, or whatever you want to call it onto it on, on onto that particular instrument. Right? It's probably yeah. easier to ach- achieve that in guitar or somewhere else. But you can play on anything, and you can hear Adam Betts. That's Adam Betts drumming. Like mm. I, I, f- I find that very impressive. Yeah, for sure. That's yeah. I mean, that's really sweet to say. Um, I think. I mean, I. I think uh, I'm trying to say this without sounding like a bit of a grump, but I think um, I think drummers can be quite conservative. Yeah. Mm. Um, and you know, we there's been a tendency to learn from other drummers before anything else. You know, you're kind of like and and drumming's got that kind of uh, industry of mags and DVDs and stuff. That I, I'm sure guitar has as well. Yeah. Know, yeah. But um, so. A lot, you know, I have it like, you know, if I'm playing, I, and I, I don't know, I, I got a bit annoyed with all that, that kind of culture of yeah. that stuff. So I, I, you know, I just, I'm kind of more interested in what producers do than what drummers yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in yeah. terms of writing beats or something like that. I mean, so, I mean, well, also it's, it's worth saying that quite a lot of the stuff in, in Tigers was, um, a lot of the beats were written by Matt, the guitarist. Yeah, so yeah. so I, I mean, we're jumping ahead of what I what, what I'd written down in, in to talk about a bit later yeah, on. Course, but but yeah. while but while you've touched on it now, I couldn't find it. But ages ago, I'm sure I saw an interview or read something somewhere that was talking about the process of I don't know if it was the EPs or if it was like Route One. But you were talking about uh, the the essentially the 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 drums would be written electronically and then you would just have to try and mirror them but that you recorded it all without a click is that yeah. right yeah yeah that's right cuz that yeah. is just yeah, I'm, I'm a drummer right but me saying that in front of you makes me feel like <laughs> I'm not a drummer but I have played drums in bands right i can't even wrap my head around how you've 
achieve that. The only way that I can think of achieving it is just listening to the song about 500,000 times so that you know every <laughs> nuance to stop, start, where you're jumping in. Because the time signatures are all over the place. Mm. Like, I, where do you start with mapping that out in your head and then being able to record it without some sort of like click guidance or are you thinking like mathematically in terms of like literally counting out because or are you or are you just feeling it and yeah no it it's, it, it's feeling it as a song for sure yeah mm. um so matt matt would write the beats through beatboxing he like when i lived right? in he okay. would he, you'd just hear him constantly i mean it, he's one of britain's longest showers <laughs> and you just hear these beatboxes and wrists just coming from Amazing. the shower nice. for 45 minutes while yeah, you're yeah. waiting to get in there and um but he he was always doing it and and he you know it, it gives it this really kind of like strong melodic thing you know because you're not right. going to beatbox just a, a kind of acdc beat you know no, for long no, no. but you you kind of you so this melody comes into it and that that i think is the really strong like yeah it, it, there are loads of sections in tigers where i there are a couple where i genuinely couldn't tell you what the time signature was but yeah, yeah, but yeah. i could probably still sing you the melody even though we haven't played right. it for a few years you know yeah, you'd be yeah, like ah yeah. oh, well uh, so yeah the melody and the kind of composition was for me always like strong enough that i could ah yeah it's this bit and it you always yeah. just knew and, and also there'd be bits where you're like nah i'm not gonna get that not gonna get that not yeah. gonna get that oh yeah. we've got it we got yeah, it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So did, the rehearsal did, process was like pulling teeth sometimes but mm. never did you, did you ever have it was recorded live right it just in route one was um yeah the three of us would play and then they'd you know then they'd go to town and like choose better synth sounds for sections yeah, or yeah, yeah. or or matt would kind of um work on his guitar noise or something like yeah. that so yeah, yeah we the three of us are playing together <clears throat> but yeah. then we'd um yeah then then we'd kind of mess about with it all yeah i mean that's what i find most impressive because you could sit down and electronically kind of like draw in uh, you know the similar kind of like beats or whatever that, that, that three trap tigers have done you know i mean but to have three musicians just actually deliver that, mm. it almost sounds mechanical, but it's got a human element to it, which is which is kind of actually feeds directly into what you're doing with Colossal Squid as well, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah, I guess it does. It's, it's, um, you know, yeah. The, the 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 line we always kind of found ourselves on with Tigers was like, um, you know, I love metal. I love funk. I love electronic stuff. Mm. Matt loves metal and funk and electronic stuff and really weird, like, you know, intense kind of jazz stuff. And, and Rog loves improvisation and classical music and, and electronic stuff. And kind of the bit that we all met on was electronic stuff. Mm, you know, yeah, it was like, okay, yeah. 90s warp, we could just all yeah. really agree on. Um, and then it was like, well, let's, you know, that that's going to be a big kind of lead for us. But <clears throat> trying to play it with a flawless attitude, yeah, you're you're never going to get the kind of intricacy and like no. accuracy of Aphex. But no. you can kind of capture that energy just through sweat and yeah. uh, and energy, and um, and that gives it that yeah, that's the bit that that 
I mean, Square Pusher kind of can, Aphex kind of can, but yeah. that liveness is what they're always yeah. kind of chasing with those things, which leads yeah. to their amazing sound. But we can, we mm. have that in spades. So yeah, let's have the wheels fall off. Let's have the yeah. tempos pick up and slow down a bit. So yeah. it's never been a, it's never been a kind of chase for like flawlessness. It's been a chase for like as human as possible. Um, yeah, yeah. Which is, uh, and then that, and that's, that's, yeah, that's totally uh, stuck with me. That kind of thing that, well, I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty sweaty drummer um, <laughs> that likes things to be uh, as, as alive as possible. But when you combine that with electronic stuff, it, it yeah. kind of goes somewhere that, and, and I love loads of dance music and, and electronic yeah. music, but it's like, um, yeah, something that maybe uh, like Berlin techno won't have will be some kind of sweatiness you know it, it, yeah. it'll it'll have like the amazing sound design and the mood and, and it'll take you somewhere but can you combine that with live and that that's exactly. just been something i really enjoy yeah yeah cool. yeah and and the live spectacle is exactly that you know i mean yes yeah, it, well, interesting like the music's like going nuts and everyone's just stood there. <laughs> everyone's just <laughs> yeah. kind of stood there, just like transfixed, watching yeah. like how the fuck are these humans pu pulling this off? You know, because mm. all three of you are incredibly talented in, in each mm. respective area. Um, you know, there's, there's there's a video of Tom that I've saw ages ago playing one of those live pianos. You know, they, they just leave pianos just lying around, and he mm. played Cram. Have you ever seen this, Warren? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it wasn't it in King's Fucking, Cross or something. It's no. absolutely. Yeah. It's a stunning piece of music. Brilliant, yeah. He yeah, just yeah, like yeah. plays the whole thing, all yeah. the intro bit, all the intricate bit, and I was like, man, that guy's <laughs> got some talent going on there. You know, like that is some... Mm. some and wrote, Tom, when he wrote stuff like Cram, he the whole idea was like, you know, I guess maybe from a, like a bit of a jazz thing that like it, it should still be the same tune. You know, you should still yeah. be able to play a bit of it and it's yeah. like, oh yeah, that's, that's Cram, where, you know, I mean, yeah. it's... A, um, that that's quite a nice little bit that we used to hold on to. That there should always be some melodies that aren't yeah. only production led. You know, yeah, so you, yeah. you you can still play that on another instrument, and someone say, "Is that that three trap tigers?" Tune? Yeah, or yeah, like yeah. That, which yeah. is um, it's it's that thing, isn't it? Like, because I mean, I I used to write songs with like Lee and a drummer or whatever in a room. Or I'd like with a guitar and then I take it. And then when I got into production, when I write, I've written albums now and stuff, and I start by arranging drums or fucking about of a synth and thinking of it from a live element. But like I've done that for fucking years now. And it's like it, because I ha we haven't just sat in a room and started a project. Well, especially with the shit that's especially going on at the shit. moment, you know, yeah. like it, that. Yeah. And, it's, it's and it is that, pl that placement, isn't it? It's like, like I, I was, figuring I was, out how to bring live back into electronic yeah, production. I was literally having a chat with. Um, a guy called Noon, he's just a solo project called Noon Garden, but he's the guitarist from Flamingods. Have you heard of oh, Flamingods? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Charles Press. He's a, he's a, he's a mate of mine. He's saying exactly the same thing. Like, mm. you know, that, because he's like quite, quite organic live sort of sound, like, you know, psychedelic sound, kind of sound. And he was like, it's like the challenge of trying to have that, um, that jam, that mm. kind of jam sound, you know, where two, two people, two musicians kind of lock in at, the, at that live moment, yeah. but doing it in this kind of like remote capacity where you're sending like WAV mm. files around and they, mm. each person's layering on. It's a totally different thing, but yeah, I don't know. I think you've got to pull your creativity out of the bag, haven't you? You have. So I'm like, sort of. so Adam, leading on from like you were saying about like the 90s warp stuff, mm. it's like, I am a massive Square Push fan. I've seen mm -hmm. Showbleeder One with you, Jamin. <laughs> um, I just wondered how like that, how you sort of fit 
well, I mean, I understand how you slotted into that, but like, how did that come about? That that, that entire sort of collaboration, um, working with him. So that was um, I. Uh, crikey, I can't remember what year it was. Twenty sixteen, yeah. something like yeah. that. Late twenty fifteen. Um, I I remember it really clearly. Like the the band started, and uh, I actually went to watch it, um, and I wasn't in it. It was um, uh, there's a trio called Troika which yeah. was Chris Montague, Kit Downs and, and Josh Blackmore. Um, and uh, Square Pusher and Kit, but Tom and Kit had been doing a bit of playing together and they were put, he was talking about this live project and that was going to be his next thing. Mm. And initially it was supposed to be this drummer, Morgan Agron, who's a, a Swedish guy who's one of my like absolute heroes. He he did um uh, the guitarist from Meshuggah's solo project. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Talk about time signatures, like Yeah, yeah. he's he's Fucking he's nuts. he's kind of got it all. Like he was playing with Zappa when he was in his twenties and <laughs> right. and you nice. know, like in the very late period Zappa and, yeah. and he's He's a yeah. He's a terrifying musician. Like just <laughs> just kind of got everything together. I think he's playing with Devin Townsend now. He's like really? uh, his live video nice. uh, live drummer, which is pretty that's, curious. Um, yeah, he's good. he's he's an incredible, like a terrifyingly good musician. So I was like, oh, that makes sense. You know, I met Morgan when he was over, and he was like, yeah, I'm here to have a jam with Square Pusher. I was like, shit, yeah, you're the drummer that I totally pick for that. Yeah. That's amazing. God, what a great gig! Wicked. Can't wait to see that. Yeah. And then Morgan got too busy and couldn't do the gig, so they got um, so the band kind of became Troika and Square Pusher doing the yeah. stuff. And I I went to watch that show and was like, yeah, that was that was Ooh. amazing. I mean, Josh is a wicked drummer. Josh is really oh, it, it's stunning. It's it's so kind of um, interesting. His phrasing is really unusual, and it's all done with insane precision. And it's just like frighteningly wicked. Um. <laughs> And then um, around Christmas, uh, I was just finishing um, a load of teaching, actually, and I was just walking out, and I was like, wow, that's my last hard thing done for the year. That's my last long day. Oh, I've got a missed call from Chris Montague. <laughs> and uh, he, thought, he was like, hey, mate, wondering if you uh, fancied having a, having a jam with Square Push. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. So I was washing my hair that day. <laughs> yeah, I had to learn a load of, like, the. well, I mean, it is weird. It was all kind of almost there anyway you know you just remember it like yeah. from being 17 16 and just hearing those tunes so many times and i was like ah oh, okay and but actually learning it on the drum kit was a different thing but yeah he just he wanted to try a drummer that that was a bit more uh sweaty again and a, yeah. and a bit more but a bit more like you know going in the kind of face melting zone which was um yeah, which I was very happy to do. So I kind More of face melt, please. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of went in a in a in a. I I just took like Brian Chippendale from Lightning Bolt as my mm. kind of you know it being a, another of my massive influences. Like right, well, how would he play? Square oh push? man, yeah. Lightning Bolt. Um, and it's so it was it was so fun. And yeah, we had a play, and Tom was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, can we do another one? Can we do another one in January? And I and so I had to go away and not take the foot off the gas and keep working on it and it, and it, i was had loads of work on at the time and it was just like uh, it was just get up early play square pusher for a few hours then go and rehearse with the other bands and then just yeah. play square pusher for a few hours in the evening and then go and have this second play and he was like yeah yeah, yeah no that's that's really happening let's do it brilliant um nice. and it, yeah, it was amazing fun Quite Maybe. literally, do you know Square Pusher? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Big tune that, by the way. I don't know. If, yeah, big. big yeah, tune. absolutely. Nice. No, that's, that's one of the key ones. 
He's just, I, I, I saw him play at Best of All, uh, and I think it was Bubble Life or something. That's a tune, actually, isn't it? Um, but whatever that album was on, and it, it, it was him just, because he's an incredible bass player. Like, mm. you know how, like, Thundercat has obviously got a lot of the chops and that those jazz, like, five-string chops and stuff? It's like, Square Push, for me, was doing that a long, long, long time before Fly Low and everything else, and... And just the way that sort of jazz composition stuff come together. Mm. And it's like to see him then with a, a fully formed, essentially a jazz band-esque version of Square Push Live is like, I mean, I, I just fucking, I was like, I'm just going to give up everything because, like, you know what I <laughs> What's mean? What's the like, point? What is the fucking point? <laughs> you yeah, you just Adam see Bates it on drums. Life. Do you know what I mean? It's like, what eBay. the fuck is going on? Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> just going to settle this shit and fucking be an accountant because <laughs> what's the point? But nah, it's, it's, it's amazing. I, I, and again, it's that transition between sort of like, you know, again, like, as we discussed, like everything made, I mean, he's an amazing producer, an amazing programmer, mm. you know, building algorithms and all that sort of shit, you know, whatever. But like then making it, reverse engineering so the live element is there with that tight production. It's down to the musicianship as well, primarily, right? It's, yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot of work. Um, yeah, I can hear it. And Tom was, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I knew, you know, okay, so obviously I knew Tom was an unbelievable bassist and it mm. was like, oh, this would be fun. And I'd, don't think I quite prepared myself for like how good on the bass he was. Like I, mm. I, I, I would probably yeah be like yeah, Thundercat and Tom mm. are kind mm. of like the 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 two just changing the game on it. But totally. Yeah. But where Tom's music is not it like obviously the bass is a big part of it, but his music's not based so much around the guitar as much as no. it used to be uh, or you know it it yeah like it it was frightening when we were playing like Anstrom. Mm. Feck, uh, just like his bass solo in that was, yeah, just completely like transcendental moment of music for me. Like, you know, you mm. are just lightning bolt as hard as you can at 200 beats a minute with him just shredding semiquavers over it and it just gets <laughs> more intense. And then he finds another gear from somewhere and you're like, yeah. oh God. And you, everyone's got these masks on and you, you, you're kind of just trapped in this weird little state of um yeah there's kind of uh, uh, sensory deprivation from your eyes but overload yeah. from your ears and and yeah. your, your kind of brain and emotion it, yeah it was nuts it was totally nuts did you nuts. have um massive ice baths after so you didn't get rsi because like, <laughs> there was a little bit of that on the early days because yeah. it, <laughs> it, it really was like that that gig was a step up in terms of what i could play um and it was like, right, you you know, your tendons just have to catch up at the early days. And, yeah. and so there was like, you know, can we get a big bucket of beers with some ice at the end and then just take the beers out and put my hands in? Yeah. Um, it, but yeah, like you know. but it was nuts. Like the first few gigs, I was like, there's no way I can tour this. And then you give it a year or give it a few months and suddenly you're doing seven, eight dates in a row and yeah. and your hands are just like, come on! You know, it's, it's weird. You, your, your body yeah. just adapts so well well it either adapts or it gets injured and luckily mine adapted to that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah, yeah. strong man it's, you know, it's interesting right i don't know whether there's anything in this or not but i, I keep speaking to people right and afrobeat keeps coming up right mm. and I, for some reason I, I keep listening to afrobeat i keep see i keep making these stupid uh, videos of me dancing to it and sending it to warren it's <laughs> <laughs> so like just just to, just just to it's, cheer it's up the late morning, naked you know? ones i've started to worry about yeah i know the dick right. ones need to stop yeah they do mate yeah <laughs> right. i don't need to see that no no um but <laughs> am i dreaming or am i hearing when i listen to your drumming it kind i, I kind of hear 
Like, if you take that kind of Afrobeat, like, Clyde Stubblefield, James Brown breaks, and, like, speed it up, and then completely destroy the time signature, you almost arrive at something like what you do. Is that a fair assessment, would you say? Like, does <laughs> yeah, it come I, from... No, totally, totally. Like, right. yeah, so... so um, I'd say, like, Stubblefield and uh, Bernard Purdy and, mm. like, Idris Mohammed were massive yeah. for me. Like, so old... 60s 70s funk breaks and and stuff like that yeah. were, were were really big for me as a kid growing up um i it was later that i got into like fella Kuti and and tony mm. allen um probably like as i got to london so when i was right. like 20 21 i got into yeah fella Kuti and and kind of a weird way through um so it was like the Dap Kings, um, that that funk band from New York that sound mm. amazingly old school. Yeah. Um, on their label Dap Tone, they had a band called Antibalas, and so I was just checking yeah. out like, oh, well, uh, Antibalas, that sounds really cool. Mm-hmm. And someone was like, you know, that's just Fela Kuti, but with better production. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. oh, okay, right. <laughs> yeah. So then went back, and obviously I'd heard Fela, heard of Fela Kuti and listened to a bit, but it was like, oh, right, wow, okay. Um, but yeah, like so though. It's it's again it's the it's the thing of a hook within the yeah. drumming like you yeah. know it's 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 like well what, how is it going to be memorable and there are loads of like yeah fella beats where you can just sing the drum beat and it's like oh yeah. that's zombie or, or something oh, yeah, like yeah, that yeah. is yeah, yeah. And, and I think that's you know that's really kind of stuck with me and then obviously you know I I started to piece it together that that's where all these jungle records I've been listening to as a kid yeah. And, and uh, drum and bass stuff that's where that was coming from so you get the basic ingredients of some stubble filled break or some you know amen um, mm. and you you know those become the weird little chopping blocks for yeah. whatever the, the whatever you're playing at, you know the higher tempo so like you know with Tom loads of it would be like yeah um, uh, yeah just ton, like Apache or something like that and, yeah. and you know, I'd just done the Goldie gig before joining Tom's band, so had already spent like a, a year, um, like having to reproduce those on the kit. That was yeah, the thing. Yeah. Like I'd always yeah. loved it, but I'd always I'd always been a little wary of drum live drum and bass drumming because mm. it always just seemed like a bit of a. There's a drummer trying <laughs> yeah. to prove to everyone he can play funk at 170. <laughs> yeah, not, yeah, not yeah, with yeah. the right kind of. Yeah. Uh, you know. It's still you've got to want to make you've got to be a dance thing, and I'd always kind of steered away from it because it just mm. felt like, nah, nah, just stick with like rocking out, and yeah, and then yeah. it was like then we had the chance to actually play the Goldie stuff, and it was like actually this is hella fun, this yeah, is insanely yeah. fun, let's go yeah. for this, and then Tom being the kind of next phase of that, it, like I feel incredibly lucky that those came in that order and not the yeah. other way around, otherwise I'd never have got it together. Yeah, so yeah, it sounds yeah. almost too opportune, that right? Because I mean, it, yeah. serendipitous. It is, yeah. Because yeah. it's I very, mean, very weird. Like I had, only, yeah, a year with Goldie before Tom, and it was like, right, okay. I mean, it's help, like help, it's just not notching up the heroes now on yeah, the yeah, CV. Yeah, yeah. It's just <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> crazy, I, man. It's like I, it's so I've seen good. some videos of like how you know, like when you went into the studio with Goldie, and he's kind of because um, he brought loads of musicians in, didn't he? Like Flying Lotus is in there, was he? Or no, not sorry, not am I thinking of so he did we had the guy's ulterior motive in the studio which which is like Goldie's producing partner Mm. Um, they were in there when we were doing like some live so basically we did it we did a full like gig of Timeless um, yeah the album and that that was 
amazing. Um, I, there's kind of not many videos of it around, which is such a shame because it, it was like a bit of a, I don't know, just just amazing gig because you're at the festival hall, yeah. and I really realised how much like drum and bass means to drum and bass heads. You know, it was it was yeah. really yeah. it was really emotional. Like people just coming up afterwards and being like, you know, those that, that album was my teens and now i've seen it again you know i'm i'm in the late 30s and we've put the sent the kids off to a babysit for the night got ourselves a few pills and we've just had the best <laughs> night ever and it was it was that over and over again and yeah. wherever i'd go you know wherever you'd turn up around the country you get the same response with that mm. gig it was just nuts and goldie was such a great figurehead for it yeah, yeah. And, that, and timeless was such a such a killer album for it. it was, yeah, uh, it was really but it's interesting the way that like Goldie was explaining what drums, what drum sounds he wanted, and like, and mm. and you were kind of like interpreting that. It was just like it was an interesting process to watch because mm. <laughs> you know, well, we need it a little bit more, like you know, a little bit more of this on that, and the, and a bit more symbol over here. Somehow you you managed to kind of like get what he was talking about and just give it to him straight away. Yeah, I'd have been like. Uh, I mean, what? we were <laughs> at first you know we, we were like huh? it's one of those things though you you like you know i mean the worst one to work with is is like where it's a you know i some maybe some singer who has no idea of what's going on drums wise and just turns around and goes can it be a bit more Ba-dum, dum, ba-dum, yeah. ba-dum, ba-dum. <laughs> yeah. and you're like yeah warren's uh, good at doing that just a bit <laughs> just a bit more like digga, 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 digga. you're like well hold on a minute yeah, right. <laughs> but, but you work it, but you work out what all those things mean yeah, after a while, so. and yeah, you start so. to put it together. And obviously, Goldie's got a pretty wicked idea of it, having mm. done so many albums of a music that's so focused around drums. So yeah. he he kind of knows where he wants things and and what he wants, and he's got amazing ears for like what's not quite sitting. He might not be able to put into words exactly what it is he wants, but that's part of the kind of creative process of working with a producer. It's like. You know, otherwise you're working with a with. A, actually, I, I guess the probably the person that knew drums the best would either be Matt or Square Pusher. You know, like they'd mm. be the ones that would be at Matt would have a kind of photographic memory for. You know, oh, three takes ago you did this fill in bar nineteen. Can you get that again? Like, Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. But you could edit it from that take if you want. Like yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. You, you yeah, do yeah. that. Um, so Matt's Matt was incredible for that, and then Square Push would be the same. He's like you know, um, he, like th those guys absolutely know the notes that they want yeah. all the way through. But um, but Goldie would know kind of the gesture and the mood and that kind of mm. thing. So it's uh, it was just that broader thing of trying to try some stuff. Is that working? And the bit that like at the heart of it works or not is whether it's like making you want to dance it, yeah. It, yeah, yeah, you know exactly so is is that is that energy there is that is it feeling fun it, yeah. you know, it is totally essential yeah I, I think with drums as i said like now i and i started majority of my productions with drums and it's like i fell in love with disco for the simple fact of of that the, the, when that's produced right and that movement and that BPM at the correct way, it makes you fucking move. It makes yeah. me, it, when I started listening to more of it and Afrobeat and stuff, and like mm. I, I saw uh, I saw Femi Kuti at um, this festival in Walthamstow, 
And uh, I actually blagged my way into that festival. I went round to the back and said I was Femi Femi Kuti's uh, tour tour manager. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And they gave me a pass because my mates were in there. And they just let me fucking walk in. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I shouldn't really say I did that, but yeah, I stole a ticket yeah, well. for a festival and pretend I was someone else. But I stood on the side of the stage and watched them. Mm. And it's like, but again, like the. It's, it is about shaking your ass, right? So from like yeah. an indie an indie punk background and then getting into electronic music, I got a lot into grime and two-step and mm. like I was a grunger at school, right? But then the minute I grew up, then I listened to Garage. Yeah. And like, and, and, and what I was going to sort of say with like the, the development, like understanding where drum and bass come from and like some records that I really, really enjoyed. Again, it was for dancing, going to Fabric and seeing, um, do you remember an artist called Jenna G? And she was a singer, songwriter, but she, but Chase and Status basically, Chase and Status and Zinc produced right. a lot of her album. Okay. Um, and I used to work quite closely with Zinc because um, my missus used to work with him and stuff. And he taught me how to use Logic a bit and stuff, which was quite nice. But like understanding sort of the the way that drums, the the, the intrinsic nature of starting a tune and and and, and like because I, I like do you remember like the LTJ Bookham. Um, like that, that percussive, like mm. re repetitive, but overly, it's really tight, compressed drum sound. Yeah. Like it's so like clippy, there's no reverb or nothing. And it's, it's not loop based. It's all production really, yeah. but it's very quick and, and it's so intricate. And it made that sound like it, cause drum and bass is this fuck off huge genre mm. as, as with, as with everything. But like, it's so like, it's not just like, Pill up, pill up, and listen to the Amen break four mm. million times over different bits and, and jungle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you can do that as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, look, yeah. I'm not, I'm not suggesting I haven't, but like, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but it's it's just the way, yeah, like with with rhythms and sort of understanding. Like, I love like garage now. I like, I, and I understand how two step works, and I understand the crossovers of the dynamic of it, and like a really tinny kick drum, and like, and seeing that live. I, th I think there's a, it's there's, there's a it's a lot more interesting now. Like you, mm. we, we, but again, using the mentality of dancing to it, and like, and it can be like weird and like even like slower slower BPMs and things like like what Flylo. I've seen like Flylo do these live Ableton sets and stuff, and then mm -hmm. and in a similar way with like Caribou using a live drummer. Or it, does, he, he, does he play drums actually? Yeah, yeah. He, does, he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And it's like again, it's it's it seems there's a much more organic way to electronic music production now. So it, so it means that live musicianship can fit in as well. Like I don't well, know, what, it's a bit more in, feeling in, to dancing. Do you know what I mean? That, it all relates to on movement. that tip though, like the using the way that you use like symbols on the snares and those little mm. tiny little symbols, and then you'll stick like a couple of high. Those, those are basically when people make electronic music and all those little ding ding, ding, ding you know, the those nuances. little bits. They're just kind of like yeah. nuances that are added in. But you're playing yeah. it. I don't know anybody else that's really doing that. Where where did that yeah. kind of like come from? Um, so I saw the, the one of the bits that Matt introduced me to when I first got to London and met him was a um, Scandi uh, Norwegian label called Rune Gramophone. Mm. And they've got a lot of really, um, I think Norway's got an amazingly progressive like scene. Yeah, uh, has, and there man. was this kind of group of, six or seven jazzers out there that all went to this conservatoire together and they were all into like electronic music improvisation and like folk was kind of a strong thing for it yeah. but it all had this jazz tendency of this improvisation and um there was a drummer called thomas stronan who plays in a band called hum crush and a band called food and yeah he was just incredible and that was the first kind of he's he's an astonishing musician um and it was the first time i'd seen like someone look at the drum kit as like something you can do stuff to yeah not 
Yeah. Not, oh, it's a drum kit, kick, yeah. snare, hat. Yeah, like, well, exactly goes back to my previous point, right? Yeah. Some people look at the limitations and other people see the potential in those limitations. Mm. Like, what can you do? What can you break apart and put back together again? Yeah. So it makes a new noise. Yeah, exactly and that. And yeah. he, and so he, I mean, I, I nick that from him, but it's what yeah. you, it's what you leave on your, it's the tat that you put on your drum kit that makes it quite <laughs> yeah. individual, you know? Yeah. So he had, he had like these collection of little drums and stuff like that and, and gongs and, and things like that. And yeah. I found a load of little symbols in a skip out the back of a primary school that I was teaching in. The kind of music teacher was like, oh, we're going to throw these out. Do you want any of these? And I was like, yeah, all of them. Yeah, and cool. as they get battered, they kind of make a different noise. And yeah. it's quite, in a way, it's quite sweet because there's a finite number of them. And in a few, you know, in a few years, they will die and never exist again. They're, yeah. they're, they're just like yeah. a weird, thick symbol. And so, yeah, you know, just like um, that. Uh, and obviously now you can see guys like, well, JD Beck, um, that kind of fifteen-year-old kid on Instagram who's just amazing. Mm. I haven't seen him. I'll check him out. JD he's, Beck. Yeah, he's terrifying, and he's doing it like yeah. they're really taped up. So he ha he hits really light, and they kind of give yeah. this ultra tight kind of sound. He's he's frighteningly awesome. Yeah. Um, but it, yeah, it's uh, it, yeah, it, it that you know you you want. <sighs> Yeah, drummers uh, can be like, you know, if you just play everything with a 14-inch hi-hat and a one snare and a kick, like producers spend longer on one bar than drummers spend yeah. on, on yeah. you know, on a whole song. And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah and I mean, that that's unfair on most drummers. But, you know, like the, <laughs> the, 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 that kind of that kind of detail producers do is just done because it sounds wicked, yeah. not because it's got any kind of... Um, chopsy end or or it's you know or it's hard to do yeah. i mean there are some kind of producer porn kind of musics you know they're, they're, yeah. like, <laughs> but i think all of it the the effect is how how much impact does it give you yeah um and so that yeah you know i mean using two hi-hats has been pretty blooming common in electronic drum production for years and yeah. using two snares i mean the the whole chop day men of jungle from the mm. early 90s is mm. is pitch day men snares yeah like that's a that's a huge thing so it's uh yeah you just kind of think oh well hang on what what kind of stuff is you know what are they doing and can we do that on a drum kit and there were loads of stuff we tried that just wasn't any fun to play you know yeah, you, you, yeah. you try it with like the two hi-hats two snares load of tap bouncing off the drums that's kind of stuck but you, yeah. you know there were bits where we tried distortions on the bass drum and and it just didn't really work in the room you know yeah. it's just like yeah, okay yeah. cool that's not happening all right well let's not bother with it you know yeah, so yeah, yeah. there's um yeah it's just a lot of experimentation um trial yeah. and error yeah, yeah, and and also as well, I think the way your style of 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 playing, you're quite content on your own. Well, you've built a whole colossal squid thing out of it. But like, there's um, I saw an interview with uh, Dave Grohl, and he was like, mm. "I never touch a drum kit unless there's another musician in there with me because I'm just bored on my own, just like patting away." <laughs> yeah, you know, and 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 a lot of drummers, I'm kind of similar. I, you know, like I probably wouldn't. I, you know, I've moved house now, but in my previous house, I had a studio kind of similar to looking to what you've got there with a kit in it. Mm. Very rarely would I jump on it unless I had to record like some drums for something or whatever. Mm. But what you do, you just seem like, especially like the videos on your Instagram and stuff, which are, you know, really awesome. Some of the stuff that you're putting on there, but you seem heavily content, mm. just like, like, uh, playing over like one little loop that's kind of like you've got affected somehow. Mm. Uh, what, how have you, how have you like, 
developed it to that point? Is it is it like just a keen interest in finding little sounds and then seeing what beats you can put on it and then just keep doing that over yeah. and over again? I think it's I think it's a continuation of the you know can it um can you can I basically can I make dance music on my own um. You know, because so you know, if you if you look at drummers that do kind of electronic sounding stuff, Jojo Mayer or or, mm. or Zach Danziger or something like that, all of them at some point kind of hint that they'd love to do a club set. They, yeah. They're always like, oh, look these these gigs with you know, I mean, especially Jojo Mayer. It's like these gigs with ninety five percent drummers in the audience are all very well and good, <laughs> yeah. and they're a nice vibe and all that. Lot, but is there any you know they'll be chatting to their agent? Is there any way I can do a club set? Can yeah. I you know can I just be what the DJ is and yeah. um, because I think it's one of the purest experiences of music like yeah. a you know an amazing DJ set is about as life changing as music can be because you've got anything you can pick from yeah. you know yeah. you can just pick anything yeah. so it's uh, you know as much as I love an amazing gig as well you know like a, a really awesome gig I can listen to a DJ for three hours I can listen to a band for about 40 minutes before I'm like anyone fancy a pint yeah yeah um, yeah, yeah. Totally. And it, so, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm, so I'm super interested in can I make like dance music that's me playing, but do, but my playing has to have a point. You know, I can't just be like, right, here's a load of synths and I'm just playing a, a slightly shoddy amen underneath. Uh, no, you know, if you've got, there's got to be a reason for why I'm there. Otherwise, just be a DJ. So you've got this kind of fun balance of like, well... You know, I, w I know the kind of world I want it to sound like. I know the impact I'd like it to have. But yeah. I also have to feel like I'm not just there because of my ego. I I've got to be doing something musically at the same time. So that, that's yeah. the kind of back and forth I'm involved in going like, well, is this just me trying to show that I can play yeah. um, amens at 170? Or does this genuinely make me bounce a bit? And do yeah. I get a little bit giggly when it when it goes well? And, and, yeah. and that's like, cool. All right. Well, then let's go down that road. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So does it sound like something else I've heard or does it sound like yeah. something I haven't mm. heard is is a bit of a thing, you know, and I always start, most of my ideas start with me having heard something that like, I don't know, Sophie's done or Kai Whiston's mm. done or something where you're just like, oh, listen to that sound. Yeah. Ooh, that's a cool sound. And then you start it, but instantly it like doesn't work on the drums at that same tempo. So you muck about mm. with it at a different tempo or something it's yeah like, yeah mm. what are you doing that in are you, you using logic or are you like ableton. sampling it into pads ableton. at ableton ableton all the time sorry yeah. i meant ableton not logic yeah because yeah, no. it would be a pain in the ass but yeah yeah, yeah. yeah logic's i meant ableton like yeah. live back and forth no yeah. ableton's kind of is it ableton push or something like that that is that I'm, just a bit I, software yeah i don't use the push, um, don't use the push. I, I did have one for a bit but i think i've just learned like the the mouse doesn't feel like a bad interface for me now okay yeah. you know but it took a while like at first yeah, yeah. it was like i i used to use like a okay uh, i've seen you've got like a trackpad on your on your floor tom and stuff yeah yeah, yeah. that's you're just, not going live like that no uh, right i am actually yeah <laughs> oh, i started with i started with this thing um, yeah cool and and that was like my that was my first kind of effects unit um dr sample was that no uh, yeah yeah the, yeah the sp404 which i think the yeah. dr sample was yeah. similar the, similar yeah i think yeah. that was the one just before it and yeah. um and um and that was all amazing and then i but then ableton was a bit more like mm. A bit more like I could hit a button and all the all the effects could change in a moment, yeah, whereas the, the hardware things are awesome. And but they, but Ableton didn't sound as good for a long time. It yeah, was like learning. Yeah. Actually, you need 
an overdrive on it or a hell of a lot of compression that the 404 was doing naturally. Uh, you know, it was mm. just that's what the box does and Ableton was... Mm. Uh, so, yeah, I've, uh, but I've now kind of got where I... L- uh, I'm certainly not where I... I'm not happy with the sound I'm getting, but I'm happier. You yeah. know, it's... Um, you know, I still hear production... Like, you know, you say Kai again, Kai Whiston. He just does it all in the box in Ableton and it blows my mind. It sounds yeah, so yeah. incredible. Um, and I'm trying to do it with a with an eye on live, but, but mm. it, it, you know, it, I still want it to sound as awesome as that. And it's mm. certainly, like, not quite there yet, but it's going somewhere interesting on the way, so that's fun. You know, yeah. that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. You can I, certainly hear that development. Sorry, Warren. Do you want no, to go? no, no. I was just I was just gonna fanboy about Ableton a bit. That was all. <laughs> just 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 in that when I, when I when you sort of get when you get to the point where you understand that like obviously this is through the door. But like mm. I mean I I've messed with both Logic and I, Logic was the first thing I was shown. But then when I was I then did a I did a tour with this guy Scroobius Pip because I wrote his I wrote his mm. record with him and we had um, we had a whole rig built on a Logic based uh, bit of software called main stage which mm. um basically translates to uh dog shit um <laughs> so yeah. sorry it was it's just that a was their attempt at doing an ableton thing wasn't it it, it was, was like for what, live and- yeah and they had this plugin built into it that was called uh tape and what you had to do is bounce your files and then set the positions of play so like once that one one channel would be like it you waited until so you'd, that'd be zero 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 to whatever for like a synth playback, and any live interaction on it, you would literally have to open up the plugin strip and like you could, you could export it from Logic. It's like you can't do that live. It's fucking yeah. Got, it's got a guitar in my hand and twenty people <laughs> like on stage. Like you fucking kidding? Like mm. so discover discovery of Ableton and the fact that we I could have like a MIDI pedal on on the floor next to my guitar like distortion box which again was custom made to like run cuz we I we didn't have a bass player so I was I, I played guitar and then one of the channels was using um, an octave I think it was a waves octave octave plugin no. That that then that 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 audio itself just went straight into DI to front of house to like play essentially a live bass sound. Mm. When I played guitar, it sounded a bit wobbly, but it it worked. Do you know what I mean? And, and that that in Ableton, there was it stabilized it because then you yeah. could EQ it specifically and then change the sound for the next one. And it's just the ultimate revelation for like any playback or live synth interaction. Do you know what I mean? Because you can yeah. just you can just tap with your, your right foot mm-hmm. or or whatever. Or like you, you had like loads of like what they called what you attached to the drum snares. What they called triggers. 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 There you go. Yeah, See, yeah, yeah. proper not a drummer. Well, but... you, have you got the SP? Is it, are you on the SPDS or is it? Yeah, different... the SPDSX and the yes. and the yeah. TM6, which is like the just loads of triggers in. It is yeah, like right. just a small box that you have loads of triggers in and. Yeah, that shit's amazing because it is mm. like, it's just rock solid. You know, I, I want to be able to, another demand on what I want to do, I want to be able to go and be band number seven on a nine band punk all day. Yeah. And uh, you don't have a chance to kind of get your no posh audio interface no. out and, and calibrate it. the inputs and stuff. It's like, no, nah, I've got to be on, someone's no. throwing a pint of piss and we've got to kick off. Let's <laughs> yeah, go. Yeah. And, and the, yeah. the Roland stuff is really like robust and, mm, and just yeah. like doesn't, doesn't dick about. And Ableton on the whole doesn't. If you use Max plugins, it does a bit. But just the Ableton stuff is like bomb-proof. It's amazing. Mm. Yeah, yeah, Max, yeah, for, yeah, Max for Live is like, we had a discussion before with somebody else on the podcast, but it's like, I love the way that it's a very much a, cr- a creator's sort of plug-in mm. 
arena to sort of make weird shit and like you can yeah. sharing patches and stuff and all that. it's like such a good idea because mm. i you know like the, I, I hate people that sort of moan about using um presets and stuff it's like if it sounds good on a tune it sounds good on a tune yeah yeah absolutely what the fuck absolutely. like musicians or songwriters do not give a fuck if it's on another tune just they, they just don't yeah, yeah but but absolutely. proper people like you know beard strokey people like, oh well you shouldn't have used that massive that massive synth on that tune it's like why mate like it don't yeah, like, yeah. I'm dancing right. to it, it. Sounds right, don't, don't matter yeah, mate yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, again yeah. Rhino it was Rhino that's it yeah same yeah, yeah, same yeah, yeah. yeah we had a chat with him about it, it. Yeah, yeah. French, French. I lo- I love that thing, but like we we messed about with like using it because Br- Lee and I are in another band called Bricks, which is like a three piece <laughs> punk band. So Broken Bricks is the derivative of that. Like we now like make which electronic is like a soul in the electronica. <laughs> yeah, it's whatever. Somehow, <laughs> very bass heavy. <laughs> it, it, like, went that in, it went that in that direction. It's it. Our, our bass player sorted back to Romania, so we ended up getting yeah. a female singer in, and um and yeah, that's it. Wicked. But but with bricks, we we had loads of like weird little samples in between the tunes and the because we were a three piece punk band, but wanted other noises and stuff, mm-hmm. and like and it was so solid, like yeah, it's good. I, it's I, good. The SPDS is good for that though. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And I, I've toured yeah. with like a dual redundancy setup with two laptops and two sound cards before, and both of them failed. So <laughs> yeah. and this is that yeah. same thing on the Pip tour, and we had B Dolan and Sage Francis on stage with us, and they both died, and it's like. Fuck. So it's just my guitar and your drums in for the whole gig, yeah. yeah. Oi, oi. And that's sometimes that did. sounds alright though if you're tight. You know, uh, if you got yeah, it down. yeah, we were we were tight. Don't get me wrong, it's fine. Yeah, no bass happening though. You need no bass. In the, yeah, at all. Yeah, no yeah. simps. No nothing. It's like this is going to get a bit shit, isn't it? Well, yeah. quickly if we don't fix it tomorrow. <laughs> have, have you have you had that like we're, you know doing the colossal squid stuff? Just tech, just going mm. fucking down. I so yeah, but never to a kind of. I mean, so I always try and build in. Like uh, an escape route. You're touching wood there, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, always, I always try and build in an escape route, That's and also it. just moments where if it does go wrong, it still kind of works. Now, there's bits yeah. that I can't have go wrong. They're like, so I use a lot of. Um, I have a pad that just moves on to the next scene in Ableton, and if you move on that scene, all the effects can change, all the yeah. sounds can change. You know, it can be like the next moment in the song. If that pad goes wrong, and I've had that like where the sensitivity has been too low on that, so you hit your snare drum, moves to the next scene. You hit your floor drum, moves to the next scene, and you get through like uh, these seven scenes the of vibrations in a second. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That I kind of panic, but, <laughs> but people kind of people kind of enjoy it. You know, you you stand yeah. up and you go, "All right, that's completely wrong. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. not supposed Sorry to sound like that." that. Yeah, yeah. Really good. So people kind of enjoy that it goes a bit wrong yeah. because again it's that humanity bit yeah. of it um yeah. Yeah. but there are some there are bits where it goes wrong and it's actually euphoric and there are bits where it goes wrong and you kind of want to give up yeah. and i'm lucky that most of mine have been quite euphoric i've had one where like it was a five minute stop in the middle of the set oh. and that was ghastly oh. that well, yeah. it wasn't five minutes but it felt like five minutes yeah the be- the one i had recently i was supporting battles uh, uh, i was just about to say battles i saw that happen to battles yeah, because it and the whole thing had to just it just got stopped. Yeah. And, so it, I I I wait, did my wait, set and my the the sub was kicking off on the last tune. It was at, it was awesome fun, <laughs> and the laptop vibrated off the edge of the <laughs> of the edge of the stand and just fell on the floor and oh. on the sound card. Um, oh. And and so that everything stops and I'm like just drums for like a second. I'm like whoa what. Grabbed the laptop, chucked it back on the stand, plugged in the sound card, 
didn't have time to test anything and just was like fuck it let's just go and it all came back yeah. in and oh. it was absolutely like <laughs> under the air moment and it, like, like, oh, that was one man. of the things where I was so thankful that I've got like the, the RME sound card that yeah. doesn't dick about and like Ableton is really hardcore yeah, yeah. And, and I'm yeah. not trying to do it off like a 10 year old laptop like though I do yeah. have to make sure I've got good a Kit, good computer yeah. and a good sound card but then yeah and then I really felt for battles like they were doing their set and about 45 minutes in their laptop went and he just walked off stage yeah. and like they everyone left where like was that do you, do you remember where that was it was at earth in hackney, hackney. i think I, I think i thought that was the one i was at yeah. and it, it was it was excruciating yeah like, it you really know, was like oh, john stadia did like a quite yeah. a fun drum solo for a couple of minutes and then yeah. just like apologized to the crowd and walked off and yeah yeah. It's like, man, if it's oh. if you're that dependent on it and it's going to go wrong that much, yeah, yeah, really, yeah. it's just not fun. You know, it's yeah. like, yeah, get some track or something. Like, you yeah. know, yeah, yeah, gotta get it. some. But because I've seen battles before, it's interesting what I'm watching battles because they kind of drift in and out of the loop, and you can see mm, John kind of yeah. trying to sometimes pull it back or catch mm. up because he he doesn't have a click either. He just no. has a fuck off big speaker behind it. Yeah, so that's how yeah, he. That's yeah. how he. Yeah, understands the loop. Yeah. So like you know that's gonna different scenarios, different stages, different setups. It's gonna that's gonna be a fucking nightmare to try and stay in with with, with that. So it's, it's interesting watching them anyway. But yeah, I didn't know they were so heavily dependent on if a laptop goes down the whole. Well, they set didn't used down. to be. You know, oh, yeah. They, yeah, yeah, when yeah. there was four of them or three of them, it, you, you know, you, you had enough that like they could get away with it. But now yeah. there's two of them. It's like pff, there's no where to hide, is there? It's, it's really no. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, I really um uh, that was that was. That was a shame because it was it was just yeah. like oh man that's and and it it was just so funny that it happened to me the same but like <laughs> I managed mine managed to turn back on yeah, yeah. so you carry on with, <laughs> whereas yeah. if yours doesn't then it's like gigs over yeah it's like you should have just sent him a recommendation of your kit and gone I'd recommend next time do you know what I mean <laughs> yeah just yeah. just get a new yeah. MacBook and yeah, the yeah. sound card because do you know what I mean yeah just saying just it's, saying. it's <laughs> always that tricky thing like what what you know like what do you want from a gig like I yeah. I, I think I want. I want my stuff to sound like it's important that I'm involved, mm. but I also want it to work as often yeah. as it can. So like I use, you know, like I say with Max plugins, they're amazing. They're so creative. There's so much creative stuff you can get and they work about three out of 10 yeah, times. Yeah, yeah. Day. It's like, cool. Yeah. I'm afraid you don't get to be in my setup then. And, yeah. and as much as I'd love to be using like, like these really intriguing kind of MIDI Max things, I've just had them not work on stage. Yeah to stop a song and be like cool not that one right let's move mm, on and yeah and um i've got there's a fantastic guy who makes these really amazing midi plugins that would be so useful for what i do and i'm just like dude i, I can't yeah i can't stable. use them on stage you you've hurt me too many times yeah, <laughs> yeah man, it's, you, it's you that gets it right you've got the crowd in front of you and you're like yeah, shit. yeah. You know, you, no one's shouting wanker at you <laughs> <laughs> well you can call him up and just point the phone at the crowd yeah. see you fucking <laughs> so um what was the move from releasing colossal squid back in 2016 fanboy <laughs> <laughs> to to then sort of as a as an adam betts um solo project to then having it being its own kind of entity uh on you know because now it's you're an artist colossal squid right uh, yeah and it and it's kind of developed i mean i don't know if i'm overstepping the mark or whatever here but the the, the production 
and the the right the writing certainly for me has taken like a step to the it's leveled up a little bit I, w- I would say from 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 what you did in 2016 to what you did in 2019 mm. and um i think it's probably a bit more accessible but i mean you're coming from a place it's like <laughs> you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a pretty weirdo you know, place there's certainly a bit more accessibility but yeah is that i guess my que- question is kind of like is that a, is that a, a, a way that you're going to c- continue in a, a, traje- a trajectory of kind of like more mm. uh, um palatable or more kind of like accessible and also kind of like more polished type production side mm-hmm. It's actually, it's actually not. Uh, it wasn't a fully intentional thing. Um, it, I guess it, it came down to a kind of slight refining of the process. Yeah, you know, it. it I mean, well, the, the 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 better sound, like the more polished production, probably was. You know, I think that first album, I had all these weird ideas of just like, oh, I think I could do a song from stuff triggered to the kit. And then my friend was like, do you want to do a live session of it? See how it goes. And then it suddenly felt cohesive. Like all the time yeah. I'd spent recording in the studio beforehand, it, they never felt like an album. They just felt like these random little mm, ditties yeah. and different drum sound every time. And then you do it all in a live session and the, the thread running through it is yeah. that drum sound and that kind of yeah, that yeah. So it was like, okay, wicked. Let's do that as an album. Brilliant. Mm. Um, and then the next album i just got more like excited by what things can i do on stage that get me hyped and you know so there were a few that would start as jams but you'd kind of turn them into a song because i i i I don't know i think um my production and my recording chops weren't good enough to kind of rest on the texture and the sound and to be mm. more daring with the shape so i was like oh man i just like songs let's go songs and yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and that yeah. was really fun yeah. and, and I, I i you know i make it sound like i'm almost kind of regretful of that i'm not you know yeah, it, was, yeah. it was a really it was a really fun thing to do um and now it's the next album's finished it's um it's gonna, probably going to come out in the next couple of months and um that is quite a bit darker and a bit weirder yeah. it's it's all instrumental as well there's like some vocal samples in there have you not got guests on and things like that again this well ak patterson appears again but i wrote a song where um i used a sample that i thought was uh gonna be easy to clear and (laughs) no it's not (laughs) Um, so it's like alex do you want to um kind of just write a vocal that sounds legally yeah. distinct to this one <laughs> <laughs> right um, nice. um yeah it, it was it was yeah it was funny i thought it was a 50s folk guy that would be easy to reach out to the label and say yeah can we do this but it turned out they were owned by the smithsonian museum and it all got a bit heavy oh, shit. Oh. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so um, clearance yeah fuck. yeah yeah it was it was suddenly like i was losing quite a heavy percentage of my yeah, writing yeah. credits and stuff yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so um, yeah just got rid of it but yeah so that it's definitely a darker album a weirder album a bit more I- experimental um sounds again um so that's been fun um yeah. and then the stuff afterwards i don't know you know it's like i want it to i just like you know i'm just enjoying the journey you know i, I i've realized this the, the album that's coming out now doesn't have quite as many like foot on the monitor um <laughs> kind of yeah yeah chord moments yeah 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 yeah. and and i was like oh i'm really happy about that and then i was like oh but i do miss those as well so you know it's all just like enjoying that back and forth isn't it like something that goes one way and then the other way because um because i didn't actually pick up the when you did the new album because obviously i've 
bought the vi- bought the vinyl on the last one, but because you released it then as Colossal Squid, and I'm following Adam Betts, I didn't, I never got the, so I was late to the game. So, but when I did find it, I was like, oh, fucking Treasure Trove is another album I didn't yeah, even yeah. know about. I think I'd had like six months off social media. I wasn't, you yeah, know, like, and I just unplugs. Um, but yeah, the step up, like when when I heard um, I lost Detroit, is it is it all I lost Detroit? Mm. I was like, I got the same feeling that I got when I listened to Drebin. You know, mm. oh, wicked! It's, I don't know what it is about Drebin, but for some reason, I can't listen to it without every hair on my arms just yeah. standing up. I, you know, in headphones, walking around, it's just like fucking hell, man. It's something about that tune. I don't know, but this Probably one does three, the same three thing. Men about three men about to throw up. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and the, you and can this hear it though. Man about to throw up. You yeah, can yeah, hear it. Right. You must have finished that track and just listened back in the studio and gone. Yeah, that, that'll do. <laughs> that's, <laughs> yes. the, that's got I it. Lost, I Lost Detroit is um, the album version um, is basically the end. I couldn't really play it. Like, it, it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's like insane. How, how much can you rinse at 200? Yeah, and it's fucking nuts. Yeah, I'd yeah. done this demo where, like, the end just went mad. Like, you know, that it was the tempo ramp and then the, the epic outro. And I was like, oh, that sounds fun. Yeah. And then was like trying to play it and making sure the synths were being triggered off the kit so you were involved in it. And and um and and it was like so I recorded about kind of ten minutes of that shred, like yeah. just me going for phrases, not quite getting going for it. And then I just cramped it together and was like, Yeah, yeah that's phrase is cool, that phrase is cool, that phrase is cool. So it's not a very like or you know, it's actually a bit of a bluff that uh, yeah. that outro in terms is of the editing. It? But but then the live version I'd learned to play it by then. You know, okay. you, you, yeah. you work on it, you, you work on it and you play it live and then it's like, ah, you know, it comes together and it becomes its own thing again. So yeah, yeah. It, it was it was kind of like, can you do a studio album that holds on to those aspects? It's yeah. live and it's, a, but you can kind of get away with a bit more, but also, you know, it, it gains something, it loses something. Yeah? And, yeah. and so, you know, that you, you, you go back and forth with it a bit. Yeah, yeah. The end result, though, is like, it is, it is an incredible tune. It is. is. And, and but, Becky, yeah, Becky's vocal was Absolutely. like, yeah. like she, you know, I sent it to Becky and, and she was like, yeah, I'll have a, a St. Saviour. And yeah. she just wrote that over it. And it was like, okay, cool. Like, <laughs> I didn't know it was missing that. And now yeah. you've made it like it's, really. It really fits. Glorious. It's nice. Mm. But there's also another tune, uh, Agita, Agita. Agita, yeah. Agita. Yeah. What, what is a swunger, by the way? Swunger. Uh, no idea. Um, it was. Uh, it was. You know. You know the way. Like Orteca's songs are just what they save their files as. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's what this was. That was just like you know. I. I it was. I tried to type swinger. Uh, Swingers because, because it swings. <laughs> and then. I, and oh, I, right, typed, okay. I typed swung it and yeah, was yeah. like, oh, well, that's well, the name of that tune. Yeah, it's yeah, <laughs> nice. one of those. You know, and Agita was. You know, a, a kind of me trying to capture. Uh, that 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 stuff is kind of more where the new album is. Like, it's yeah, a bit is it? More, it well, cool. a couple of the tunes are. Yeah, because yeah, like, it's kind of like I was wandering around yesterday. I live in Jersey, so I was like wandering around the countryside. I was just listening to the to the tracks and stuff, mm-hmm. and I was like. For some reason, the words like seventies Bollywood DMT stakeout was like, they <laughs> 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 like, listen to it and think of those words, and you'll know what I mean. Yeah, I it's think like a DMT Bollywood stakeout. stakeout. No like, Bollywood so it's, DMT stakeout. It's like this kind of weird, like. <laughs> it's, I don't the, know. The, it's cool. The shit that I was getting into on that that I've been kind of well, we'll see where where it goes. Is like that line between between like grime and 
mm. kind of Moroccan drumming or yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, or or Nubian drumming. This kind yeah. of, mm. and I I was just like, well, the English thing with music is to is to kind of be a bit of a colonial fuck, turn up somewhere yeah. and go, I like that shit, yeah. but I'll do it a bit more angrily. So like yeah, yeah. did with the blues or what we did yeah. with, uh, yeah, hip hop or something like that to get, mm. you know, you do it a bit faster and a bit more like you want to fight with it. Yeah. And, um, and, and I was just enjoying that kind of sound. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, I really, uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, there's this amazing kind of these amazing Nubian drummer albums from like, yeah. the, well, all the way from the 50s to the 90s. So I was just like, fuck, this is so kind of, yeah, it's just, I mean, there's kind of 10 guys going for it. So yeah. you don't quite capture that when it's just you on your own. But I just yeah. enjoyed the kind of really drummy aspect of it. It was like, well, this was like a quite a natural thing to yeah. try out and enjoy. And it's, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah it so, comes through. It uh, definitely comes through on the track. But it, yeah, it's just nice to hear that kind of live element, but the start, the rep repetition, rep you know, like the percussive mm. repetition in a live element it's kind of back, goes back to that kind of afro beat mm. type mm. of thing as well because it's that's what it's all about right it's just like kind yeah of, it's reminiscent yeah, it's of um when we saw uh moses boyd just before oh, yeah, lockdown. yeah 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 you At know what start, i was thinking that as start, well actually the start of his gig he had yeah. um he had that was actually the last gig that we saw it, but, right? yeah. it was like the day COVID. before lockdown kicked yeah. in or something stupid the, like that yeah it was they mm. should have been cancelled but it should have been cancelled yeah right yeah and then and so it's in brixton electric yeah. And he started that gig with just it was it was basically a dedication to drums, and mm. it was it was a good twenty minutes of just drums on stage. And but he does that thing where it's like it's reminiscent of like garage and grime elements in the production mm. uh, in a similar way, in a similar way of um, oh, what's his name man? That's going to really fuck me off now. Kamal Williams is it? Yeah, yeah, the producer is that his name? Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah, so so like in and, and it's and I was just enamoured by that, like because the 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 rhythms and and just the way of like the attack of it and the aggression in those drums, man. They're just something yeah, yeah. so solid. Like he's a sick drummer. No, he yeah, he's fucking he's fucking amazing. Mm. Um, yeah, it's it is that we've gone we've gone in this weird like loop as a. As as a as a you know you kind of just hearing where music goes, and mm. I, I think like you know. Um, liveness is is really you know is really important right now because mm. i think we're we're kind of i think it's we're, we're past like perfect now we you know perfect isn't particularly no. exciting like all electronic producers are trying to capture a more organic feeling to their thing you know you like found sound or, or, or yep. whatever you know to make these textures that just kind of electronics on their own can't do and you just realize that actually you know what 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 people did has a you know can have an urgency that that some electronics can you know can't mm. capture. but then you know there's still something amazing about um about you know just like super gridded 909s or something yeah. that's joyous mm. you know that's never going to go wrong but uh yeah it's just finding some fun line between that i think i think like production like um and like disclosure the way mm. that their, their most recent record has has gone more into sort of a funk soul vibe in the, on the vocal, um, or even like the Chemical Brothers' last album with like the, right. the Jackson sample and stuff, and like, and using. I mean, the Chemicals have always been really good at sort of isolating amazing drum beats and, and live bass mm. from, from fucking day. But like, it just, I, I, I think it's that that live the capturing that that sort of live organic. It's it's either to to enhance a song and give it if give it like a lovely a lovely overall tone and something to move to, or you end up sort of going in the way of like Arca, 
and sort of and and and, and sort of exploring like proper sound design and strange mm. sort of texture. But like, I don't know, man, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's really interesting to see like, like listening to your like, you know, record and, and sort of see it, seeing how it is going to go and, and to get past that super perfect. Cause we've just made a pop record, right? But in yeah, our but own- I think people get sick of it. Like everything all goes glossy. Everyone then gets yeah. sick of glossy. Everyone wants live. Everything yeah. then goes live. Like, you know, when grunge came around, then everyone gets sick of the live, and the, yeah, it, just, the pendulum again. just keeps swinging, you know. Yeah, and it's, absolutely, and it's, yeah. that's I think that's really exciting. Like you know, yeah, I think um, uh, we we were talking about. I remember a few years ago just saying like, "Is there?" And and obviously there's good there's there's good bands that come through at different levels, but it was just like there doesn't feel like there's anyone doing good, mm. like game changing rock right now. No, mm. and and it, and it was mm. like. Catfish and the Bottle Men. And I was like, well, that's rubbish. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, and and then suddenly this kind of fun, punky new jazz resurgence comes along with mm. stuff like Comet is Coming. And you're just like, there it is. That's it. You know, yeah, the, yeah. the kids were fed up with, yeah. like, you know, uh, and, but when I was younger, it was the other way around. Like, we were, we, you know, we were kind of like, um, there was a lot of like, chilled kind of champagne-y cokey yeah. you know i guess you were like end of jamira kwai kind yeah, of yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and, it, and and i was like this is so naff yeah and, yeah, yeah and yeah. then you know got into like lightning bolt oxes x models mm. and it was just like ah there it is there it is yeah. it's really alive and it's really full yeah. of fire and really interesting and yeah, um yeah. and so you know i think there's always a kind of thing where where yeah like you know you see the kind of wiping out of prog bands um mm. with the kind of you know they just get so mm. high on their own um their own kind of on ice live show or something and, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, and everyone's yeah. like can we just come back to earth for a bit and then you <laughs> yeah. can start messing about with it then yeah, yeah, you know yeah. it's um yeah. i guess mars volta was the one that that yeah for me when i was like 20 you know 19 it was like ah oh, there it is you know rocks Rock's yeah. gone prog, but in an interesting way. You know, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, was, yeah. Was it Dream Theater was oh. never really, um, <laughs> I wasn't really into them. Um, yeah. No. But, but like, yeah, o- suddenly Opeth. it was like, <laughs> was it Opeth? Was that another Yeah, band? Opeth. <laughs> Opeth, yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they've got something a bit more charming than Dream Theater. Yeah, so oh I, yeah, for sure. But yeah. I didn't, yeah, I was never really massive, massive no. fan of any of them. I was a huge at the driving fan. It basically yeah. changed, it changed, um, the way I even considered playing guitar and stuff. Like I went from like liking Oasis and Indie to finding them and be like, so I wasn't a massive metal, like new metal fan. And that mm. was huge when I was at school. I found that a driving and was like, amazing. This is yeah. it. Yeah. There's that, that guitar sound, that, that that one person in a room sort of thing that yeah. you've got to just That's play. Discord and yeah. Like, yeah. And then, uh, and then you sort of then find Fugazi and, and yeah. then discovered yeah. loads of like post hardcore shit. And yeah. it's like, yeah, and I, I agree, like Miles Volta, I mean, I was always into like Mogwai and Explosions mm. in the Sky and stuff, but like, mm. but then discovering that sound, because uh, again, also dismissing prog music because I was a punk man, it's like, you yeah. know, so, and it's like, well, I'm not allowed to like that shit because, you know, yeah, yeah. punk, it's like, what the fuck ever. But like, yeah. but then, but yeah, I mean, because I, I, well, the first time I saw the Miles Volta, I didn't get it because right. it was, it was a 45-minute gig at the Electric Ballroom, supported by one of my favourite bands as well, the J.R. Ewing, which is a Norway, Norwegian right. hardcore band. Yeah. They, that, again, another, another genre-defining band for me. And uh, and then I saw them and I was like, I was really amped up after seeing J.R. Ewing and I didn't get it because it was, it was like 45 to an hour of... 
That's two right. songs or something basically yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. and it was they didn't yeah. play the record they didn't yeah. play it like because i was like tremulant ep that first i loved i loved that when it came out because it was mm. like it's better than out the driving because it sounds fucking interesting and weird yeah. and cool and, yeah and then and then i just zoned out a bit and then really listened to it and was like ah oh, no but I, I i understand it a bit more now because then it, like jim ward released um they come out with sparta and i was like Mm. Oh god, that's like a really shit boring at the driving record. So yeah. I'd rather listen to this. You should bring back Anti-Mask. <laughs> yeah, a bit, right, it? Yeah. bit more of a poignant uh, time to bring back the band Anti-Mask, wouldn't it? Yeah, they were good actually. Yeah. Everyone's fucking walking around. Well, wasn't that Travis Barker on drums? Yeah. I can't remember. It was, wasn't it? it? I, I think, think so. so. And Flea on bass. Yeah, Anti-Mask, yeah. And Frashanti, obviously, <laughs> now and again. Like, so, hello, um, LA man. Fucking hell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude. So I'm conscious we've had you for ages, mate. I don't yes, want to keep you too long. But just before you do shoot, mm. what what advice, what top three bits of advice would you give someone who wants to be the new Adam Betts who wants to take on like a career in, in drumming or, or like session musician or something like that? What would be the what would be the the top three things that you would give advice to? Um don't be just a drummer like make some music even if it never gets released just do it um because you know uh drummer yeah you know i'll I'll get on my drummer soapbox again in a bit but like it's a you know it just we if you're just a like you know there is a tendency to be just a drummer and And that just shuts the door on so much stuff. And so many of the drummers I love have done amazing projects, you know, Seb Rochford or, or Tom Skinner or, or where, you know, like yeah. all these people that have made an album and it's amazing. And, and um, you know, I think that's, that's really good. Um, play with people, do loads of gigs, do as many gigs as you can, even if they're like whatever. Like, you know, I think yeah. my, my teens were literally... Um, you know, 13, oh, this Metallica album's good, let's go and play this as a gig. Uh, oh, this Korn album's good, let's go and play this as a gig. Oh, this Tool album's good, let's go and play this as a gig. Nine Inch Nails are good, let, you know, just 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 do it. And you'll have like, yeah, 15 mates along at your kind of yeah. provincial youth club, but it's it's just like, that's such a good way to start. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, yeah, do a ton of gigs, make some music yourself, whatever it is, and um, don't, don't believe it when you think that something is not for you. I think just like, you know, get uh, like get into whatever. Yeah, get out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Oh, can I have four? Can I say dance to some music as well? Like yeah. if you oh, if you, you can have four. Yeah. If you if you don't like if if you forget if you try to be a drummer and you forget that <laughs> dancing is part of the fun, then yeah. you're you're always gonna be a fairly ploddy drummer. So yeah. I think like, you know, find some music that you enjoy and dance to it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it, it's I love like that. I I you know, I I work with some young drummers at some unis and stuff and they uh they they struggle to dance a bit. And it's like cool. Well, then your playing will struggle to make people dance because yeah, you've yeah, forgotten yeah. what that that's that it, feeling man. is. So yeah, I yeah. think it's yeah. those. That's, those a good, four, that's, that's a good way of thinking about it because people don't dance until the drums kick in, right? So mm. it's got it's got to be yeah. a two way connection. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thing. So um, speaking of live, I mean, is it too early to dare? guess oh. what's coming around the corner live wise or i mean let's see if raw power festival happens yep. in august yeah, yeah. um i'm i'm down for that um and i'm just there might be a tour in the autumn 
that I'm just sorting out right now yeah. um, that will be quite extensive if it if it all happens. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah, let's see. Um, well, we, but you, we hope so. I'd love to tag along and, yeah, man, and see what we've got cooking. Yeah, know. wicked, wicked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really yeah. fun. We'll keep It'll an eye great. out for that. Well, yeah. thank you so much, mate, for coming on. Uh, yeah, cheers. It's been, a, really it's been fun. a blast. Really nice yeah. talking to you, mate. And, yeah, uh, yeah, you got anything fun planned for the rest of the day? Um, what is it? It's Friday, isn't it? Oh, I shit, yeah, just, it is. I yeah, might just, <laughs> oh, it's only half two. I might just go straight to the pub. I was going to say, but it's a little early. <laughs> I yeah, mean, just going to do some more nerding and then very yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man, I've got a busy yeah. day ahead, is it? That's <laughs> <laughs> no, been a pleasure, cool, Adam. Man. Thanks, Thanks, man. Yeah, so much, mate. Next one, guys. Absolutely. Catch you again. Take it easy, Take man. Care. Cheers. And Cheers, bit, mate. mate. Bye now. Bye bye. Thank you so much for sticking around for another episode of Through the Door Podcast. Um, don't forget to head over to our Instagram uh, at uh, through the door underscore podcast uh, to give us a follow and see what we're up to. Um, head over to Broken Bricks HQ. Um, that is um, at Instagram Broken Bricks HQ uh, to get all the latest information on uh, our upcoming releases for Broken Bricks. Uh, you can find me at uh, Beats by Uzi. Uh, that's Y E W Z I. Um, yeah, give us a follow, um, and uh, you can also find Warren by the way at uh, Wargie Beats. Um, give us a follow see what we're up to and uh, we've got some really exciting podcasts lined up uh, in the diary that I'm really keen and eager to get recorded um, and get put out uh, so yeah hit subscribe on whatever platform it is that you're listening to us on so you get those updates instantly uh, we do do Friday releases but we're going to be doing some little snippet releases throughout the week as well and stuff so stay tuned for that alright cheers enjoy your weekend bye